Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm bringing you an episode that was recorded on the Boom Podcast with Doug Lawson. We talked about how to grow on LinkedIn, how to grow on TikTok and YouTube. It was a great episode. Looking forward to it. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Boom Podcast. I have officially lost track of how many guests I've been on. And that's a good thing. But this here is a great guest of mine because I've been a guest on his show at least a couple of times. I've been on his live at least a couple of times. He's been on Simon and I's podcast, but he's never been on my podcast where I get to take control for at least a few minutes. So please welcome Stephen Pope. How you doing, Stephen? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Tell the audience what it is you do. Who do you serve? And uh, by what means do you do it? Yeah, so I help uh, entrepreneurs, really really client-based businesses, anybody that's really selling advice. Um, I help them leverage the power of video, content repurposing, and social media to get more clients, get more money. Yeah, Stephen, I, correct me if I'm wrong. We've been following each other for over two years. Am I right? Or maybe it's faster than that. I feel a little bit more than that. Yeah, I, I always, I, I hate to say following. Uh, we've been friends for a couple of years. We've been friends, that's true. We've been friends for quite some time. But we first started connecting two years ago. Yeah, yeah, when you, you had your little hip hop posts. Yeah, 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 that's right. I was about to say, you DM'd me about my Eminem hook and the rest was history, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I've seen you from that point to where you are now. And I have to say you're one of the very few individuals who are relentless and experimenting while still, you know, providing great offers while still maintaining authority. But you don't all fear experimentation. Am I wrong on that? Um, well, I would say like one of my best skills as an entrepreneur is being relentless that is one of my like it's like really core to who i am i just never give up um i do have lots of fears uh but it is it is in my nature to be curious and um so regardless of my fears the the aspect of my relentlessness is what allows me to push past most of those things so like i i wake up every day afraid of something i'll be honest with you um just like most people do, I think, or a little bit anxious or whatever. Uh, but I, I, that, that can burn off fairly quickly just based off of just my personality and just my, my curiosity and whatnot. Yeah, because uh, like I said, when we first started following each other, or before we became friends, but when we first started scoping each other out, if people could take a snapshot of where you were then and where you are now, it's just, well, number one, you're on TikTok. Of all places, yeah. right? That, you know, <laughs> and you had at the beginning sort of a very Gary B act type of video, uh, almost Shay Robottom. We know the backstory. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you transcended that into TikTok of all places. I, I, you told me privately, but I think the audience needs to hear what made you choose TikTok. Instagram, for that matter. Well, number one, well, I mean, the 
it's really a couple of things. Like, so we've been on LinkedIn for a long time, right? And you and I have seen other people who have been there for a long time. You know, like you can name like the three, like Shay Robotham, you brought her up. She's been there longer than everyone else. And so the people that get to platforms early benefit, right? And so that's always, you know, the FOMO thing is always, uh, you know, we always like, we're always thinking like, oh, I wish I had been there. I wish I had done that. I wish I had been here earlier. And then I was, uh, you know, I, I had seen other people talking about TikTok and like Gary V, you know, he was talking about it. And then I had, I had it installed on my phone and I was like, I was like flipping through it, right? Like on a Christmas or something. And I was just like, the light bulb moment I had was just like, oh, wait, if I'm here flipping through this, there's other people just like me. And so I was just like, you know what? Like I've already been doing video. So I know how to do video. I, I know how to write a hook. I know how to do, deliver information. I know how to cut it up. And so for me, it was a very natural progression and made a lot more sense, uh, especially because like when we talk about disabilities and whatnot, I'm dyslexic. And actually, I, I just realized this even more recently with LinkedIn. When I go into LinkedIn and I'm trying to read all that text, like it, it hurts my brain. And uh, not literally, yeah, it literally hurts my brain and it's distracting. And there's all this stuff going around. And to me, it's just like it's like LinkedIn was a, it's a distracting place for me in a lot of ways. So TikTok was just a natural place for me to go. Um, it was a little bit unknown. I didn't know how it was going to play out. Um, but with all of these different marketing channels, you never know. You never know anything. Right. So the faster you just get on there, do your thing and figure it out, the better. Yeah, you know, it's strange because I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my primary distribution channel. But I don't consume LinkedIn content. I don't go on there to enjoy myself. Uh, not because I have a similar learning disability. You know, it's just, I don't fundamentally, I can't connect to it. It doesn't, you know, there's too much of it. There's too much. Same, it doesn't allow me to explore different types of content. LinkedIn, I feel, maybe you feel different. It was never designed to be a content platform. It was designed to be a networking platform. And it does that super well. But my point is, I do better consuming YouTube yeah. than I do LinkedIn. Because if I have a question, I'll type it in the search box and it'll give me a video or a whole page of different video about my question. You can't really do that with LinkedIn, right? Yeah, I got three points to that. I, I, LinkedIn definitely wasn't meant to be a content, content platform. And I think that is obvious. And I think it's obvious even now when they try to improve it. It's like they, add, they copy features from other places. Like they add things and then remove them. They add creator mode. It's like, what does it even do? Like, why am I using this? <laughs> and then um, the other thing too is like LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is one of those platforms where if you want to use it effectively, and I still think the, the person that I've seen use it the most effectively and that I respect the most is uh, Chris Walker. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he doesn't play the game where he's just like, a lot of people on, on LinkedIn, they're just engaging with each other. You know, we, we talk about engagement. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, and so there's the engagement pods where people are literally engaging with each other like as a promise, right? Um, but then there's also, then, then there's people that are not in engagement pods, but they're still just basically doing that. 
And so I think, I think if you really want to use LinkedIn and find the content that you're really interested in, it's going to take a little bit of work for you to go out and find those people, add them to your feed. I think the content is probably there. Um, I've definitely run across content that I like. I like your content. I learn things from people. But I think you got to work a little bit harder. I think where TikTok comes along is that it, it's, it knows what you want. And it starts, yeah. it starts delivering you content. You don't even have to follow people. It's just like looking at like what you're doing. And it just yeah. starts to deliver stuff to you. You brought up a great point in that because I work with clients that absolutely cannot stand LinkedIn. And in the in my early coaching side of things, it was confusing for me why they would say stuff like that. And I think you just nailed it for me. And they were always like, why do I have to engage with people? Like, I don't want to. I know I, I'm not in the community it feels so fake and full and that's exactly it it's it's an engagement part whether you pay for it or whether you're organic you're so promising like for likes and it feels like one giant engagement part and if you try to be anti that your content's going to tank a little bit i mean in, in terms of engagement because the LinkedIn algorithm is so heavily dependent on it measures well, how engaging you are via back and forth comments well, in the I, comment section. I might disagree with that a little bit. Like it is an engagement platform. It is it is expecting you to engage. But I think the reason why people hate it so much, and this is partly like I, I'm going to try to remember something as before I go back. But like if you try to if you go in there and try to engage to get traction, I think you will hate it. I think if you go out into the marketplace and find people that you really like, really like, or people that you really disagree with, and you and every comment that you make or every like that you do is really from your heart and like real, like totally real. Like, and that's why I think Chris Walker is a good example. Like he's not out there like exchanging likes or comments. But he is making lots of likes and comments, but it's not, it's not to produce a reciprocal relationship. And, um, and so I think that's the big difference is like, so the, the trick is, is like, if you're going to use it effectively, I think you need to go out there and really find your people, find the people you disagree with, find that like, so it's like, it's a content platform and it's an engagement platform, but not in the sense of like, rep, rep, uh, you know, just to, just to get things to get things. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like how you said that. That's better. I would like, to, I personally would like to believe that when I go on LinkedIn and engage, I'm doing it from the mindset of, I want to support you. Right. Not that I expect you to come back to me and help me out. I generally like supporting people on the platform. I would say 90% of the people on the platform, their content is not connecting to me personally, but because I'm just a people person, I, I'm trying to support them, the person, rather than their content. And I think if certain people try that strategy, they're going to get really angry because it's kind of like, uh, what am I doing? And Chris Walker, let's talk about him. Because I, I, there's something uncomfortable about him for me, for, for whatever reason. Um, first of all, I think he's done Phenomenal. He is the impact of how you use LinkedIn. I will not disregard that. And I just wonder, because when you 
watch his content, when you read his content, there's not much going that he's not telling me anything. I don't already know. But you read his comment. All these people, oh, yeah, it's so good. I'm like, well, I dude, think he's basically telling you to ungate your content and don't worry about, you know, metrics that were designed by companies who sell software programs. Focus your, your content on your target audience. But he's able to create whole podcasts around the concept and people love it. But am I missing something or is he more than that? Um, well, I think, th I mean, I, I do think that he does repeat himself a lot. But I think that's a credit to like understanding how the platforms work. Like if you look at Gary Vee, he says the same 15 things over and over again. Um, oh. and, and the other thing too is like, like out of the people on LinkedIn, like he's probably one of the people that I have learned a lot from. Um, so like on any given post, you might be right, like about don't gate your content, don't do this. Um, but I have learned some other specific things that were real eye openers for me. Um, mostly just because like when you see someone being successful, like I've always had the ability to say there's some like, like, I don't know how to do this yet, but like Gary Vee is doing this. He's saying something similar to this guy is doing that. So like, I'm just going to mimic, I'm going to copy essentially. I'm not. So I, in my life, I've always done something where I copy people and then I make it my own. So, so I make it original. But I, I'm a straight up, like, I see something that works and I'm like, that's smart. Like, it makes logical sense to me. And so then I just copy it and then I make it my own. And I have my own original ideas and my own original thoughts too. But like, it just makes sense to me. So, I, I mean, I think you're right. He does say a lot of the same things. But, um, but you know, a lot of the times, like, I think people that really understand certain fundamentals, like knowing your customer... I think the reason why they talk about it so much is because most people say that, but they don't actually do it. Like you, most, Boom. most people would, most, if you went to most people on LinkedIn and you were like, you should know your customer, they'd be like, yeah, you should. But how yeah, many of them, nah. <laughs> of course you do. And they would like laugh at you. Like you're like, but how many of them really do? Not many. And Funny you say that I don't learn as much from Chris Walker or some other folks. I, I'm going to fully admit this here. The person I learn from the most on LinkedIn, and I encourage everybody to follow him, he's a wonderful human being. His name is Market Chant. Oh, I know, I know him, yeah. And I, yes, he's selling sales, but I don't follow Market to learn sales. I follow Market to learn marketing because it's, it's not what he's saying that I'm interested in. I'm interested in what he's not saying, how he's setting up his system, because like you, and I'm trying to do this now for myself, also a little bit slowly. Um, I'm just trying to copy his system so I can make it my own, because I, he, I find his way of doing it so powerful, so effective. He, he had, I don't want to say it's complex, but it's, not a simple system funnel that he pushed people into. Um, and I'm just very jealous of his system. And but, I'm trying my hardest but, to but, but, figure it out without having to pay for it. But isn't his system actually pretty simple, though? He, he, posts, he posts like various different types of posts. A lot of them are like, my client got this, my client got this, my client got this. And then in the post, there's like several different links that you can click. 
to go into yeah. things, you know, like yeah, and, but but he retakes it. He'll retake it. You. So Marcus shows up as an ad on my Instagram feed. I see. I see. And I'm like, what is Marcus doing on my Instagram? I didn't even follow him. He's retaking it. And he has a Facebook funnel as well. So his, his, but how he captures people in the funnel, it's really addictive. It's, it's, yeah. you know, but he gets massive results that allow you to say things that my client did that, my client did that, and they're astronomical. So, but still, I really like the way he does marketing. Have you followed him at all? I mean, I, I see his stuff. I know it. I know what he's doing. Um, I think the trick, though, that it's like with some of those, some of those retargeting things, like they work really well once you've kind of proven your offer out. It can be a little distracting to try to implement all that before you have like a proven offer that like that you can sell like organically, pretty repeatably. That's true. That yeah. is very true. I want to repeat that for the audience. Marcus. Stop. Market retakening strategy will only work if you know you have a solid offer and it's got a result for clients. So he, he was actually quite patient with that. So he first got the organic stuff first. His offer is a home run offer. Once he knew that, then he retaken it. If you try to do that before you know you have a good offer, you could be wasting your time and money, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you talked about how I'm always testing new things like that's a that's a strength that I have, but it's also a weakness. So like marketing actually is like 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 going slow and like being patient and like forming that little that little you know like you like you when you when you're starting a fire right it's like real fragile, like especially if you're doing it like in the it, yeah. yeah you're just like you don't want to blow it out right and if you do yeah. if you start doing too much stuff like too early you blow out your candle. And, um, and so like, like my, one of my biggest strengths is resilience and, and curiosity, but it's also a weakness because I can, I can get myself into too Sometimes many Sometimes you could do too much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's tough. I'm the opposite. Sometimes I blow too softly for too long, <laughs> right? No, for my personal marketing, sometimes I blow too softly for too long. It's like, okay, now time to put another twig, time to put another candle in the fire and start growing. I mean, well, how long are you going to be blowing on this thing, you know? So this podcast is an example of me putting another twig in the fire so we can start building traction. But I really, let me just say that I'm actually getting tired of organic social. I'm getting to the point after 10 years of doing that. I don't know if I could keep doing that for another 20, 30 years. I'm, I'm only 40, 41. So it's tiring to work organic social. So I, I am looking to retake it. I'm looking to YouTube ad. I'm looking to Google ad. But like you just said, I don't feel comfortable. I shouldn't say that. I, I have an awesome offer, guys. You should hire me. But personally, I know my offer could be a little bit tighter, front-facing, right? I know I get results, but the offer, fun, fun of how? Because when you go um, paid, you don't get an opportunity again. You have one opportunity. Well, no, you do. You can get their... Okay, you, let me hear it. You can get their email. 
You can you can nurture them, and you can also return. But, but if they didn't still, if they didn't like the hook, if they didn't like it, you're not going to get the email anyway. Well, you can still you can retarget them. They do go into right. a, they can go into a retargeting list. Okay, so are you feeling the grind of organic social? That have you started branching out to paid? Yeah, so um, I I don't have I don't feel the grind of TikTok. I enjoy it. I like making videos. I like being creative there. I do feel the grind on LinkedIn. Like there's something about it that's like it's like and and like you said, I've had clients do the same thing. Like they just don't like it. Um, I think it's important for people to truly understand like how it works and how you're supposed to use it before you decide you don't like it. But um, yeah, LinkedIn for me is a grind. And um, so, but for TikTok, I don't, I don't find it as, as hard. Um, I enjoy it. I, there are days where I don't, but um, I do enjoy that. But yes, I am experimenting with uh, YouTube ads and also TikTok ads. Yeah. Let's go back to the grind thing because this is crucial. And it speaks to the different cultures of different platforms. So let's unpack it for the audience so we can help them make a choice on what platform might be based on their personality type. This is just my interpretation. Obviously, please share your... I've been on TikTok six months. I suck at it. That's my disclaimer. I suck at TikTok. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I know enough to understand what the platform's looking for and what type of um, personality you need to bring to it, not for the content itself, but to make it work for you. So LinkedIn, as I said before, I feel it's a very network-driven platform. It really, if you want to be successful on LinkedIn, obviously you've got to create great content. You've got to know your customer, as everybody likes to say. But you also have to work the network. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, TikTok, you don't have to. And I think on LinkedIn as well, you have to not adopt any sort of bad practice. So like, for instance, like I'm not going to name names, but I joined a course in the beginning and they told you to get into engagement pods. And I didn't know any better. And I just was like, OK, that it made it made sense. And so I did. And I think that initial like experience, it really soured uh, my ability to use it as effectively as I could. I've used it pretty effectively, but I think it could have been much more. Like if I came to it fresh right now, um, and and you know I I I might be able to reset at some point. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is a networking platform. I think truthfully, most social media platforms are networking platforms they allow you to network at scale but uh, what i would say is that tiktok is like a creative creator platform so you can meet people connect with people send them dms do that kind of thing collaborate uh but you can but you it's it's really geared towards like people that want to create content that they want to educate people they want they either want to educate educate people entertain people or inspire people and they make it really easy to do that. And so if you like to do those things, that's a platform that, uh, assume, assuming that you can get over the fear of doing video, then um, then you could be very successful there. And I would say too, like, I think it's like, I think it's, it's, it's uh, you don't wanna get yourself into a, a situation where you think that like certain personality types or how you come at this is gonna be important because it's really mostly important that you come how you are. 
because I've seen all sorts of different things become successful there. And um, so I think really leaning into who you are, what you're really good at, um, will allow you to cut through the noise. Like for instance, I talk about marketing strategy on there. I talk about video. I talk about um, social media. But one thing I do talk about is like productivity and like some of the technology and automation stuff I use. And my, when you work with me, you get the whole package. But when I talk about that productivity stuff and that technology stuff that nobody else, I, I believe this, nobody else on the planet has this except me, those posts go viral and I can make them go viral pretty regularly. And so, um, so figuring out what you're really good at and leaning into that, um, like you're a really good writer, like you can use, like there are copywriters, there are people on there that, um, that talk about their writing techniques and copywriting techniques and they do really well. So leaning into what you're really good at is like really important. There's two things I want to touch on here based on what you just said. I'm going to dive back into it, engage with part in a second. And it might not be why you think that, okay? But the second thing, I want to talk about TikTok really quite, quite from my perspective, okay? Um, I struggle with TikTok really bad, and it's not because the videos I make are good or not good. It's more, it takes me a long time conceptually to make a video put it together, the caption, added that. Well, at Twitter, back when I was on Twitter, and now LinkedIn, it really takes me anywhere from 30 seconds to five minutes a day to bang out a LinkedIn post for myself. And I'm able to show the transaction value so low for me that it's just, you know, I know the strategy, I know what I'm supposed to write about this week, I just bang it out. I don't really think too much about it. With TikTok, I struggle so much. No, I've heard it all, and I've done it all. Uh, some people say, hey, Sunday, block out your calendar, put on five different T-shirts, and just rotate through them, create, you know, and that's okay. But I'm always constantly trying to fiddle what, oh, what's the ankle? Oh, the light, okay? Am I picking the right song? It's the timing. It's just, for me, it's just, so time consuming. Do you have any quick tips for somebody like me who, and again, somebody else also said, maybe you need to forget all that and just talk to the camera. I could do that, but it doesn't do well. They like the music in the background mixed up with. So really yeah. powerful hooks and really good camera work. I don't mean quality of your picture, but the angle of your camera, they really enjoy transition a lot more than just Blah, blah, this is how you do, blah, 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 blah. That, they're not interested in that. So well, what would you say to me how to shorten my time making one TikTok video? Well, I, I would argue a little bit. Like people do like that. There are plenty of people that are growing big channels by just talking to it. And the trick though is, is that especially if you're like on LinkedIn, like what I notice a lot on LinkedIn is there's a lot of general advice. And so what I noticed is like on TikTok, you make it real specific. Yo, yeah, you, you can't be too general. You really have to take your statement and pull something out of it and go really deep on it for seconds. Yeah, and, and so for, for you, for instance, like I, you could just like, like I do this a lot where I take the phone and I just literally record the screen. So like 
like you could do a, a you could do like a, a 15 second video that's like here's how I landed a client on LinkedIn, and then you could quickly go to your screen and show like a post you did and show what was the magic of that post. And okay. that would be good. So like that's really simple. I can actually do that right up to this call. Right. See, that's the thing. All of these things are way more simple than our minds allow us to believe. Or you've seen how all these other people are doing it and it's overwhelming. So the trick is to just like, I mean, like if you look at my channel, it's not really like anybody else's. Um, and so I think like there are things that I copy and, and learn from, and but then I ultimately make it my own and I try to get out of my own way as quickly as possible because you have plenty of knowledge, you have plenty of little tips and tricks. The more, like, like the, here's the interesting thing is like a lot of times people would go on there, like if you're a copywriter, they would try to explain the entire copywriting philosophy in a post as opposed to just saying, here's, here's one tweak that you can make to your title that will you know, double your income. Yeah, that's exactly it. And my mind has a hard time adapting to that mindset. But I'm determined. I'm really but, determined to be multi-platform. I've always been single platform. So Twitter, longest time forever. Then I went cold emailing for two years. Then I hopped on LinkedIn. I've always been comfortable doing single plat single distribution channel. And my goal for myself is multi-platform. So it's LinkedIn, TikTok, and podcast. Those would be my three main drivers, however they are. And I'm very familiar with how you use podcasts to make content for both, and which I get. But for me, LinkedIn's just easier, and right. TikTok is harder. And so there's a little bit of a growing pain with TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I have made more videos than most people. You know, and most of my- I, I don't doubt it. I think you have, I think you could rival Gary B on, a, on his good dad. But yeah, well, I'll take the that. thing about you versus Gary B is Gary B has an army. Right, yeah. He has people following him around, catching him in candid moments. You don't have that. You are doing that single-handedly with the help from a few people within your own family and maybe one or two other people. But Gary Vee had his whole agency behind him. Well, that's my unique selling proposition, man. It's like, I help people be Gary Vee in like two hours a week. I mean, that, that's what it is. Like I have the systems and the processes and the knowledge and the tips and the tricks. Like, like, like I'm recording this podcast right now. Like there's a camera right there that's, recording me and it's mapping in your audio and it's mapping in uh the video and i'm gonna I'm, and you're gonna make content out of that on your own yeah and i'll post this podcast before you post it <laughs> i'm sure you will my friend i'm absolutely certain of that let's go back to engagement part because i think it's a critical point for the audience to understand let me just give you my background and engagement part okay number one i'm a more Meaning, I don't tie an ethical question to whether you should or should not be in an engagement part. I personally have never been in one. I have clients who have, clients who I've written for. Let me just tell you, it is so difficult 
to create good content if you're in the engagement part because you don't know what's working. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I mean, obviously, some people who are in the engagement part would say that's not true. You just don't know how to use them. And here's the other, and here's the other thing too. Even if you're in a pseudo engagement pod, where you're engaging with all your friends, and it's like this, it's an understanding that there's like, so there's the real engagement pods where it's a true understanding, a commitment, like if you don't do it, they kick you out. And then there's the pseudo engagement pods where it's like, you're still doing it, but it's not explicit. So you're right, like the only, there's, there's a few people out there that have the conviction to create good content no matter who's listening. But the thing is, is like, if, if you have, if you, if you're not like some rock solid, like, uh, you know, mental person where you're just like focused on your target, uh, market and you just like, because it's like, you have all these, I'm not that guy either. Yeah. I lose it too. Like if, if you have all of these other people coming in and like engaging and you start to see them every day and like your mind is going to start to focus on them and they're going to be like, Hey, what did Susie think about my my post yesterday and Susie runs a, a like she <laughs> she's like they're not your buyers she's, Steve, but they're she, not gonna buy from you yeah and then like she probably is like she probably looks at my content and she's like oh gosh another one of these she doesn't even really like it so she's you know so it's like it's just a total distraction from yeah, it it can be that guy great yeah and it it gets really hard to create content that you know that works to your bottom line. Yeah, and plus- Because like you said, either you're in a paid engagement part or you're in an unimplied engagement part organically. Either way, you have to create content that helps your bank account and neither of them are going to do that in my opinion. That's what I have an issue with about engagement part is that they just create weaker content over the long run. Exactly. And the, what's going to grow your business is making an impact with the people that you want to work with. And likes and comments aren't necessarily a direct correlation to that. And so like one of the things that I, like, that I feel a lot better about LinkedIn is like my content right now, uh, it's not getting as many likes and comments as a lot of other people, but I know that everyone that liked it and commented on it was legit. And I've got a, a lot fewer comments to respond to and like, so, I mean, for me, like I could still be using LinkedIn better, but the reason why I'm not going deeper on it is just because it, it's not as enjoyable to me. And I think, I think in order to really build a sustainable business, you have to enjoy what you're doing. And, um, I enjoy video. So I'm doubling down on the platforms that have video. I'm doing TikTok. I'm doing YouTube. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's where oh, YouTube I, shorts. Uh, I do YouTube shorts as well, but like, th- like, like those are kind of wonky. That's a whole other discussion to talk about. Um, but I just mean YouTube. I'm growing my YouTube channel. I've got like 400 subscribers okay. now. Um, so like I like that's a major piece because that YouTube for me, like I always thought that YouTube is too saturated, too too hard to grow on. And then I realized like so here's what happened is like um, I started posting all my videos to YouTube. And then I started making all my TikToks and my YouTube start, my YouTube channel started to grow. So I got two or 300 subscribers between December and like January. And I was like, that's a good growth. I was like, whoa, like maybe I was wrong. 
And then I just realized it's like anything good is hard. And YouTube's talking And here's the other thing is like if you stop posting on LinkedIn, you're you're gone. You disappear. If you, oh, I am done. It, it, I'm gone. I don't listen. If I get banned from LinkedIn for whatever reason, which I won't, I don't think. I, I have at least a year to grow on TikTok to get equal to what I had on LinkedIn. Yeah, and that's the same on TikTok. If you stop posting there, you disappear from the world. But like YouTube is the one place where your content continues to it live. It that. And, and they will- You can still be found in a search. Yeah. I mean, a lot of yeah. my oldest videos get a lot of views right now. Yeah, that's a different platform, man. Powerful platform. My favorite platform as a consumer. Um, one strategy for the audience to consider, which is a little bit different than Steven, is for me, I, for clients I work with, but for me personally, is I set up YouTube to drive traffic from LinkedIn to YouTube to hear me long for. Right. Yeah. So they can, I don't set up YouTube to grow on YouTube. I don't look at my YouTube number. I don't look at my TikTok numbers that much. I take my LinkedIn audio and my new starter. I drive them over there so they can see me a different way. So it might be a different strategy for somebody to consider your strategy to actually grow on YouTube and TikTok. Well, well here's the thing. That was my strategy too. Until I realized that you can grow there. And then I was okay. like, and so now what I tell people is like, that's what I used to tell people when I would get them going on a podcast. I was like, I was like, don't worry about growing on YouTube. This is just a place to store your video so that we can get people over there and they can watch you longer form. But now I don't say that. Now I say like, look, you should be growing a YouTube channel. And from day one, you should start to think about it because it's where you're, it's where you're going to be able to live for a long period of time. And you might as well start to think about it now anyway, because I'll tell you, your, your channel won't grow if you've got like a really long videos where like- That's this one. Well, I mean, if it's engaging, people will watch it. If people like you, they'll watch it. Um, but YouTube search won't send, probably won't send a lot of stuff to you if, you're, if your overall channel watch time is low. So you've got to keep, like YouTube's gonna send you traffic when you have content that keeps people engaged. And so I'm just starting to think like longer term now. I'm like, oh man, this is like a, this is like a real, like, like you can make a lot of money off of this. Even if you only have, like, even when you see somebody that has four or 500 subscribers, you're like, whoa, this person, like that there's something, this person has something going on. Like maybe it's not 5,000 subscribers or 10,000, but if you see that their channel is growing, you're like, oh, this person must know something. And it's a great way to show authority outside of the, the LinkedIn and the TikTok where people can really fake it. Um, so I just encourage people is like, hey, if you're going to start posting on, on, on YouTube, get to actually building your YouTube channel faster. Because I think we, we, give our, we, like, we give ourselves, like we tell ourselves these things. Like, oh, I'm only posting here so people can come watch my videos. And I think it's a, it's almost like a psychological thing to just, so that we don't, so that people, when they see how many subscribers we have, they're not like, oh, this, this is a small channel. You're like preemptively telling them the reason why my channel sucks is because I'm only posting videos there. <laughs> I'm only posting videos there 
so that people can watch my videos. And I'm just thinking like, now that I've kind of gone through this myself, I'm like, oh, you might as well, if you're going to post there, you might as well grow this thing. All right. Let me ask you something. Let's, let's take a little shift in the convo here. What is your end game here for you as a marketer? What do you, what do, what are you trying to achieve? And I know, since we've been fine, you, for you, I've never heard you say, I want to make X amount of money. It was always, I want to make some sort of impact or I want to change that. It's always been driven by things that are uh, not just simply about cash, even though that's probably necessary. But I've never heard you say that to me privately, that, oh, I'm struggling to get 30 grand a month. No, I've never heard that. It's always about trying to crack a code of some sort, you know, and you seem like a puzzle solver rather than money getter. Maybe I misread you. Well, number, number one, I want to thank you for saying that because I just had somebody else that I respect uh, say the exact opposite and it kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I like he was saying something about how I'm always interested in vanity metrics and views and money. And I was like, I, I, it came out of left field for me. Um, so I'm really glad that you said that. Um, so my end game ultimately is like, I want freedom. I want to have freedom in my life. Um, I want to help other people have freedom. And I do like to make an impact in people's lives. I like to, I like to problem solve. I think I'm, I, I also, I like to, I like to help people see what they're capable of doing. I've always been good at like looking at somebody and being like, man, you could do more if they want to hear it. Cause sometimes people don't want to hear it. And, and I could be wrong, but I've always been good at doing that. So I want to help people reach their maximum potential. I want to, uh, I want to have freedom. I want to help other people get that same freedom. And I also want to help people, um, you know, ch change some of the things that they may have been struggling with uh, for a long time. And so for me in particular, like I have always been afraid of, of uh, video, uh, always been afraid of public speaking always been afraid of coming out and just being like, this is my thing. This is what I believe. This is like, this is what you should do. And so I want to help usher in the ability for other people to, to do that. And so, and, and because if you do those things, if you create impact for other people, if you express your point of view, you will be able to get the freedom and make the impact that you want. And so I want to help people get freedom and have them help be able to help whoever they want to help. Yeah, I, I'm going for a loop that somebody would say that you're all about vanity metrics only because we've talked so many times privately or, or, or any official uh, recording and not once have I heard you mention any so-called vanity metrics. It's always a puzzle you're trying to solve and typically, like you just said, freedom or just being really driven to solve this challenge Oh, somehow, and like public speaking, like piano. Uh, you don't you learn piano later in life. Well, the common, um, uh, the common platitude out there is, well, you want to be good at piano, you need to teach yourself young. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, they say the same thing about shots, right? Well, if you want to be good at shots, well, you should have started when you were 10. Right. And worked with the grandmaster. 
I would disagree with that, but you know, you're the kind of guy who would take on that kind of a challenge just to prove it to yourself that you could be a grandmaster in chat if you really wanted to. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, I mean, I am getting older now, so I'm starting to realize that there is going to be some time limit to some of these things. And like, uh, but that's also why I want to stay healthy and like keep a lean body and like, uh, so that I can like I play soccer with my my daughter in the in, in the living room and like I want to be able to hop around. But there is a certain I, I do realize there is a certain endpoint here, and like you're like I, I won't mention specific family members, but I've noticed like cognitive cognitive decline in their abilities, and uh, so there is a certain time limit. But yeah, I am that I am that type of person. I think people can do way more than they uh, believe. Um, but we are subjected to so many different things, um, you know, so many different yeah, things. Yeah, I'm using that point similar to you where I realize, you know what, Doug, you have too much, too many things on your plate. You want too many different things. It's time to scale back and define three things you want and work towards them as relentlessly as you can. But all the other things, you need to stop doing them. You, no, not because you can't do them, because you're going to hurt yourself in the process. You yeah. have too many things that you want to cook in your fire. Well, just pick a couple of eggs and do it the best you can. That's similar to what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a time at a certain point in my life where I wanted to do like electronics and stuff. And I was like, I wanted to become an electrical engineer like on, my, on the side. And that was one of my dreams. I was like, yeah, I can't do that. Like that's, that's a whole other complex thing. And uh, on that note too, it's like, I do think it's important for people to kind of like hone in on like, why are they, why are they here on earth? Like, like, what are you, what are you tapping into? Because a lot of times, like you might be able to, like, you might be able to help somebody with something, but in order to really build something scalable and, and unless you're just one of those entrepreneurs that just loves being an entrepreneur and you could, you could start any business that you could, you could go start a McDonald's, you could go do this, you could do that. It's just like, you just love doing all those different things. That, that's a rare breed. There are some of those people, but m most people and like me, and I think like you, it's like you, you want to have a certain impact on people. You're actually really good at certain things. Like there's certain things that make you Doug, like your entire life experience. And if you were to really be honest with yourself and you were to listen to what other people said about you and like, what are you really good at? And like, um, if you really listened to those things and got close with them, you could design an offer around that. Not, not just like, not, it was like snapping your fingers. It would take some work, but you can design an offer around those things that will make sense to people and will be compelling to people and um, one way or the other. And you can, you can build a business business off of it. And what's cool about it is that we've never been able to do that in the past. That's like, that, that's a new thing because we, it's so easy to connect with people. Yes. It's never been easier to do what we're trying to do in the history of mankind before you needed a lot of money to own distribution channels to get your message out there. Now we just rent them. We right. rent them. Yeah, and, and I think We've, that I think that's partly like you just mentioned that that media channel thing. I think that's why I'm so focused on getting my message out. Like maybe why I'm a little overly obsessed about it 
is because I always felt like my message was muted because I was too chicken or too something or too afraid or too self-conscious or whatever to just like come out there like like guns blazing, right? So so like I overcompensated. Now I'm like, how do I broadcast my message in as many yeah. ways as possible to as many places as possible? I just have to be completely honest. You're smoking people out of the water who've been doing this for a really long time. And I'm not discounting the length of time you've done this, but you, you're smoking people who went into a marketing agency, learning the ropes, had to work, build themselves up. You just, I, I might have gotten your timeline a little mixed up, but you had a different business, a consulting, a tech consulting business that you sold off and there was appearing in a downtime where you were thinking about the next step. And then from that decision to where you are now, I don't know anybody who's able to move as fast as you have, as effectively as you have. I've seen a lot of people try to do a lot of things and it gets nowhere. Well, you've been very strategic and tinker, 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 relentless tinkering with so many things, adding and then subtracting what's not working, adding more than subtracting. So you're a machine. I've told you that from the beginning. So kudos to you, man. Well, I, I appreciate I, that. I, 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 I'm always learning from what you're doing rather than what you say on your content. I'm looking at Oh, okay, this is what Steven's doing right now. So, you know, it's been fascinating. So I hope you're having fun. Well, I am having fun. I mean, there's ups and downs, of course. But I enjoy the entrepreneurial process. One thing I will say is like growing a business in the past helps a lot because like even though I wasn't a marketer, I'd still built a business. I knew how to get clients. I knew how to generate revenue. And what's interesting is that I was, the way I got clients in the past was through content. So um, I was sharing my expertise but from a blogging perspective. How did you get clients in the past? We never talked about this. We only have five minutes, just real quick. The but, old Steven and the other gag, what did you do to get clients? It was thought leadership content. I wrote blogs. Oh, you mean you had a website and you wrote blogs and people found you via a Google search? Either that or they, um, you know, in, in the in the tech world, like there's also... Um, there's, there's a website. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, but there's a website called GitHub. I've heard. Yeah. I, it's very, and it's where, yeah. you, it's where you can write code and contribute it to the, the community. It's essentially like a social media platform, but it's like you're writing code and you're sharing it with people. So I would write code. I would write. I would give people examples. I would show them how to use technology. And oh, I, I, would, I would use. Did you not new to that? I was under the impression that. We built a company, sold it off, and got excited. But you've been doing marketing your whole business career, actually. Technically, but I didn't know it. I know, I know. But you've been using it in some form, whether you were aware of it or not. Correct, correct. So when I did switch into marketing, I was able to pull a lot. And, yeah. and, and partly from... I was also able to pull from my mindset of all the ups and downs of that business as well. So all of those things helped me move fast. Um, and then all of, all of that technology experience allows me to do all of the, the stuff that I'm doing now that other people just can't replicate um, because of those things. So it's, that's, I, 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 that's just what's interesting. That's why you got to lean into, like 
when I left the tech world and I started to become a marketer, there was a certain part of me that was like kind of bummed, like, oh, I left the tech thing. And then I said, actually, no, I'm just going to pull all that into what I'm doing now. And instead of writing code, I'm just going to assemble this technology in a way that only I could do and allows me to do all of this stuff. And, and like, it, you know, and so it's just like it gives me the competitive advantage. This is awesome. I learned something new about you today. That's really, really, really cool. Do you miss working in the tech world? Um, not really, because I'm using those same things. Um, but I meant like the tech culture, the GitHub or whatever it was called. Do you miss A, a little bit. Or? I'm actually working with a few people that are in tech. So I get to, we get to talk about that. Um, I, I got kind of burned out helping people build technology because it's, it's, okay. it's hard. Um, I, I can imagine. And at the core, I, I can barely turn on my computer. <laughs> at the core of what I've always done is help entrepreneurs build their business. When I was building, and you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, essentially my entire life. I've I've only had a real job for two years of my life. Um, and so, um, so when I was helping people with technology, it was to build their tech companies. You know, it's like startups, and so it was all. I was always work, working with entrepreneurs and helping them build their their business. One way or the other. That's awesome, man. We're, we're running out of time. So, Stephen, please tell people how they can find you. Yeah, probably the best way. I mean, you can always go to my website, sgplabs.com. And you okay. can, and, but obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. You can go to, if you just go to the search and you type Stephen G, you got to put the G. And it's with a P. That's important. Yeah, it's, it's with a PH too. S T E P H E N G P O P E. Okay. And I'm on TikTok as well. Same thing. And I'm on YouTube. All right, perfect. I'm going to put Steven's website and LinkedIn information in the description because I'm not on the audio channel. I'm purely moving this to TikTok for now. I'll figure out the audio channel later. I don't use them for obvious reasons, so it's a little hard for me to figure out how an audio channel works when you can't hear them. So I, I'm holding that part until I get the YouTube thing a little bit streamlined, and then I'll find somebody to help me with the audio channel to make sure it works. I, so anyway, I'll put Steven's stuff in the description below. Please reach out to him. He's a phenomenal human being. Uh, he's helped me with a lot of things uh, on the private side, which I'm very, very grateful for. So Steven, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for coming. All right, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, let's figure out some more ways. I'll have you on my show. We'll do some more collaborations, all right? Of course, of course. Take it easy. All right, bye, friend.